Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Steve and Julie. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, and how we create a life so full, there's no space left for alcohol. If you've ever dated sober or intend to start dating sober, this is the episode for you. We turn the show over to five of our friends who are all active in the sober dating world and give them a chance to tell all. They talk about everything from dealing with getting rejected and breaking up, to recognizing red flags and deal breakers, to the awkwardness of sober intimacy. Listen and laugh with us, and you'll probably learn some things along the way too. As always, we've loved sharing all our thoughts with you but we would love to hear what you have to say too. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and let us know what you think about this topic or anything else we post about. We would love to hear from our listeners and get to know you guys a little bit better. So tonight we're gonna do things a little bit differently. We are going to talk about sober dating. And because Steve and I (laughs) don't have any experience with sober dating, we've invited five people to join us and we're going to get the ball rolling and then let them take off with this conversation and share some of their thoughts and experiences. So before we get started, I am going to have everybody just introduce themselves. We're going to start with Chris. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for being here. Mm -hmm. No problem. Uh, Yeah, my name is Chris. I live in Los Angeles, California, and I've been sober a little over six months now. Awesome. Cool. Really glad to have you here. Next, we'll do Karina. Uh, Hi, I'm I'm Karina. I am 250 days sober, and I am coming to you from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Awesome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And Melissa is back again. Hi, thanks for having me. I am just over 300 days sober now, uh, actually 302, I checked, and I'm coming out from uh, northern Michigan right now, visiting my parents. Very cool. Well, it's nice to see you again. And Liz, how are you tonight? I'm doing okay, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm Liz, and I am just over a year sober, and I'm on the coast of North Carolina. Very cool. Thank you for being here. We actually had the pleasure of spending Liz's one year sober anniversary with her on mm-hmm. the coast of North Carolina, which was amazing. And last but not least, we have Derek. What's going on? My name's Derek. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I will be three years sober in February. Amazing. Right yeah. Very cool. So glad to have you here. So I have what I think is going to be a fun topic tonight. This is a hot topic in sober communities. Dating is awkward and uncomfortable enough. And when you add sobriety into it, it can get really tricky. We're hoping you guys will share some of your wisdom. What have been some of your struggles being sober in the dating world? What have you learned? Share your stories. And yeah, let's hear it. Just have at it. (laughs) um, Go ahead. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's. It's just a story of craziness even before sobriety. I think just it's it's tempered now that there's that uh, 
feeling of certainty and calmness. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with recovery. So, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't have a story. (laughs) Not yet. Anyway, I'll let someone else go first. (laughs) I mean, I tell people buckle up because it's weird. It's real weird. And I think, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and segue into something that I'm sure I know at least one person in this room has got experience with it, but I never went through the whole um, like online dating app thing. I know that that's a huge thing right now for a lot of people. I prefer to meet people in the wild. That's my way. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's squirrely and it's weird at first. And I know that for me, like especially in early recovery, I had to get really clear on my red flags and my absolute deal breakers because that for me, you know, like a lot of my drinking stemmed from issues I had in relationships to begin with. So I had to know what I would and would not accept. And one of those things was having a partner who imbibed like at all, because that was way too triggery for me. So um, I know a lot of other folks that are, that are in the recovery community can, can definitely, you know, that's something they can handle. But I, I just was real honest with myself about that being a big no, no. And I will also tack on to that, that just because somebody is sober does not mean that they are a good dating fit. (laughs) (laughs) Just because they're sober and you meet them at the laundromat does not mean that they're a good dating fit. (laughs) From the male perspective, I 100% agree with that, Melissa, (laughs) because I have also dated sober women and non-sober women. And, you know, everyone has their stuff. We'll put it that way. But, uh, I, I think it's also true. You get to be honest right in the beginning with yourself when you're dating sober, whereas when you're dating with alcohol involved, I mean, I know me, if every date started with a drink before I even got there, yeah. so I could just feel normal. And now you go and you have to use yourself right away. So it's helped me. I went through a lot. This is my second sobriety and my first sobriety, which lasted a year and a half. I dated non-sober women. And it was difficult because the embodying was a trigger for me, not to make me want to drink, but it made me feel awkward. It made me feel like I was the weirdo. And I ended up going out because of a woman. And I got back to the program and said, I'm not going to let that happen again. And now I've been dating a little bit and I just, I just dated this sober woman and she was nuts. So that's another story. So like, you know, everyone, there's, there's stuff. There's, there, you'll always, dating's hard to begin with. So there's just always stuff and doing it sober is not easier. Let's put it that way. I'll be honest. So I I guess I've learned in recovery, the hardest part of recovery is just relationships period, because I'm not just dealing with myself. I'm dealing with another human being. And since a kid, I've learned that relationships are are unhealthy. My mom cheated on my dad. My dad drank over it. So what did I become an alcoholic cheater? So throughout my addiction, like I was just using the substance to mask everything that I was hiding from abuse, trauma, whatever it was. And I mean, there was dates I would show up and I don't even remember or not show up at all because I got too drunk before I could get there. But when I got sober at 36 and like I worked on myself, I realized that I don't know how to date. I don't know how to ask a woman out the right way. I don't know how to court someone. I don't know what it means to be healthy in a relationship, not be codependent. Uh, How do I set boundaries? Like I'm just learning this whole new word, no. And it's a full sentence. Yep. And being able to tell women no, because I wanted to get their adoration and love all the time because I didn't get my mother's. So any woman's attention was good for me. 
but absolutely horrible. Um, so like when I first got sober, I had a girlfriend before I got sober and we were together for two years and it taught me a lot. But this last year, uh, we're not together. We're good friends. I ended it the right way. I actually told her I wasn't in love with her and we're still best friends. And that was such a weird feeling for me to like tell someone, Hey, I don't feel the same about you, but I want you in my life. And it still worked out. But now this last year I've realized I have no clue how to date. Like I have no clue where to go. I realized I can't go on dating apps because probably when I was in my addiction, I was so bad that I was flagged. So anytime I get on, I get kicked off before I even get started. And I'm finding out like online dating is not worth it anyways, because no one's honest about who they are anyways. And half the people are bots. So it's like, that's frustrating. So like, how do you date sober? Like, how do you not go somewhere where most of the time you're finding people to hang out with that, are using substances to drink or are using, you know, going out and you have dinner and they have a glass of wine. How do you feel about that? Like I'm finding out the biggest thing for dating right now for me is what are my boundaries and what is my self-worth? And can I say no to the, to the wrong person? Because sometimes the wrong person feels right. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to realize when you're sober. And it's, it's a hard thing to just work on someone else, like bringing someone else into your life. Um, when I hated myself for my whole life. I had so much shame. So it really started when I started really working on myself, affirmations and, and loving myself that I started recognizing what is my worth. And like right now I'm dating someone that's the total opposite of me. She drinks, she has drugs in her life. I went to New Year's Eve party decadence and I danced my ass off and I was sober. A guy came up. He's like, what are you on? I'm like, I'm sober. He's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> and that feels good. But now I have to ask myself a question. I really like the girl. But as their substance used to allow me to be, I put myself at risk. And that's something I'm weighing right now. I would have never done that in the past. I had to rode this out till it was a dumpster fire or I was using or we got unhealthy or I ended up in handcuffs because of domestic violence and whatnot. Like it's dating is crazy. And I'm not saying girls are crazy. I'm saying I'm still kind of crazy. So yeah, fun stuff. This is going to be a fun subject. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, dating dating before i became sober was dumpster fires as well so but the thing about uh sobriety it uh, like you melissa i i that was a deal breaker i mean i i didn't mind if they would drink if they had a um you know but anybody who put on their profile you know is it six o'clock yet or you know like they they are uh scotch aficionados or you know love doing wine country tasting tours. I just, I just knew that that just, that was not going to work for me, but going on a few dates as the sober person and then having my companion not drink or sorry, have them drink and I'm not drinking. Yeah. It, you could tell that they felt awkward too. They didn't know how to act. They didn't know how to respond and, and like you, Derek, I mean, I, I can have a good time. I don't need to have alcohol to party and dance, but there, there's just something that they, they don't, a lot of people say, I don't trust people who don't drink. And so there's, there's that insecurity on their part that they're seeing you and wondering if you're judging them and you're not necessarily, or maybe you are, I wasn't judging but I'm now seeing a person who who's chosen to not drink. They're, they don't have to be sober because they're not a drinker. 
but it's just as easy for them not to drink as it is to drink. So they opt not to drink, which I find really refreshing. And it's actually kind of nice to have to go out for dinner and we both will have, you know, the uh, mocktail or, or they just have water or whatever. It's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to have that support, but it was also fine without it. But oftentimes it's the other person who has the hang up about alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in my drunken days when I was on the dating apps, if I saw so- that somebody listed that they did not drink on their profile, I would not swipe whatever direction to accept them because I was like, what am I going to do with somebody who doesn't drink when I'm drinking every single day? So I'm sure now I get, well, I'm not currently on a dating app, but I have been, and I'm, I suspect that a fair amount of people swipe me away for the exact same reason, you know? And for me, it wouldn't be a problem to date somebody who was the occasional drinker. In fact, I did briefly date somebody that way, but what I'm really struggling with trying to date sober is the superficiality of the, the dating apps. And because, you know, I, I go to these sober meetings where we have really vulnerable and deep conversations and we really share about the true shit that we're dealing with. And so to, to go on these apps and just to have, you know, these very dumb small talk conversations with people, I find to be very discouraging. And I also, because of the sobriety, because I'm not looking to date somebody who's a heavy drinker, and just because of where I live, which is a relatively rural area, and also in the South, and I tend to lean differently politically than most of the people in my rural Southern area, which also, it just, it's like very much limits the pool of daters. So I think all of those factors make it tricky for me. But at the same time, I'm not, really willing to compromise on trying to date a somebody who does drink every single day because I just don't I don't want that in my life anymore. I hear you on the whole superficiality piece there and that and it makes it it's like Karina was saying like it's tricky before even even without the sobriety piece being a part of it dating is complicated and it's complicated in our culture we can like zoom out and have have that discussion because that overarches everything even before the sobriety piece gets put into it. And it's like if you're dating somebody on a on an app, for instance, like they're putting their best self forward, much like looking at the shiny photos on social media and and you're putting a lot of trust into that interaction with them. It's awkward because you're both vetting each other and you also have to be okay with the fact that that person's probably vetting like six other people at the same time, which if you're going into that, having insecurity issues to begin with, that's a huge problem. Much like Derek was saying, talking about self-worth, like if you don't have that piece figured out, that can be a really sketchy, dangerous place for somebody who's working on their sobriety to be, you know, like even getting onto the dating app to begin with, because like, it's just tough. But then if you're geographically limited, if you're just the the area that you're living in doesn't have people that you're really connecting with, it can get really challenging. And then you add like parenting on top of it, which is something that I don't have experience with, but that's a whole other bag of burritos, you know, like it's like, it's just dating 
And the older you get, the more challenging it gets too. I just, I, I saw this video the other day. It was like a, um, a meme with that like Backstreet Boys song that's like dating in your thirties. And it's like, I don't care who you are, where you're from, as long as you love me. And that is what it feels like dating in your thirties. Sometimes you're like, oh, well, like, here you go. Yeah. Well, We're dating good. in your fifties, just so you know, if they've got a pulse, you, they've got a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! I'm in my fifties and I'm dating, and what the heck am I gonna do? But no, it's uh, but it's it is. You're right. It's it's as you get older, it does the the pool does start to get a little shallower. (laughs) Oh, and then you're like, oh, I'm sober, and then people are like, oh cool. What do we do for fun? And if you're newly sober, you're like, actually, I don't know because I haven't done this either. So this is equally as weird for me. Like, cool. Let's sit here and stare at each other awkwardly and think of something fun to do. You can see this has been an awkward experience for me. (laughs) Some great stories. In the, in the beginning, I, when I first started dating, it was being, I still realized I was seeking that external validation. Mm. So I was taking, like you said, vetting. I'm betting, oh, I got nine different women I'm betting right now. And I realized how exhausting that was. Asking one question, going back to the other, forgetting another. Like, And like this day and age in social media, they make it it's too easy to do that. Like there's no integrity. There's no honesty. There's no authenticity into dating. I remember in high school, you know, I'm almost 39 in March. I, I had to write a letter or actually call the person or go up to talk to them in order to find out if they liked me. Nowadays, you can send a hundred different messages to people and hopefully one hits. It's like you're fishing with dynamite. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like the authentic piece. So like my solution to that after I realized, okay, this is like, I need to find out who's going to really like me. So usually I start on that first date. Yeah. I'm in recovery. I've been an ex convict. I've been homeless. <laughs> this is where I've come from. <laughs> and if they're not okay with that piece, I'm pretty sure they're not going to be okay with the rest of me. Like, that's true. and that's okay with me. Like I don't have shame over that stuff anymore, but that's part of my past. That's who's made me who I am. And like, this is a huge part of my life. And like the best parts of me are not that, but that's part of my strength. But like, if you want to get to know who I am, I'm a lot of fun. I'm charismatic. I'm caring. I'm kind. I'm loving. And I don't just want to give that out to anyone anymore. So I've realized like this, this patience, like it's been so hard to be patient because when you, when you don't have drinking and stuff and you don't have that part to, to down the fear and anxiety and stress of getting to know someone and wondering if they're going to like you, reject you, hate you. Oh my God, how do I deal with emotions? Am I gaslighting someone right now? Like those are all those unhealthy habits that I use to manipulate and get what I wanted. And now it's like starting to listen. Like this new question I started asking women is like, hey, do you need me to just listen or do I need to fix this? Mm-hmm. And 90% of the time, they're like, I just need you to listen. I was like, this is so easy. Like, I didn't know you had to just listen. And it's um, it's just a learning product, but it doesn't, it's not a fun thing to start. Like it's, I feel like I'm a three-year-old toddler, which I am. I'm three years old and I'm learning all this for the first time, who I am, what I want, and the dating world is just scary out there because I don't really know who I'm getting until I meet the actual person, you know? Right. And that's why, that's why I try to meet people at the gym or in recovery and like just have conversations just wholeheartedly and just be my authentic self. And, you know, 
usually that person will weed themselves out quickly. When I say I'm in recovery, I don't hear from them again. Um, But if I do say that stuff up front and I do hear from them, that lets me know they're at least interested in going somewhere or being a friend. And I'll always take a friend. So that's kind of, kind of, that's where I go with that. Mm. Which that's scary to admit. I'm an alcoholic or I'm a, I'm an ex-convict. I have emotional problems. I've had mental health, but we all do. And it, I mean, it's kind of refreshing. Some people, a lot of people will open up and they start telling me like, yeah, I've had those same problems. And that's almost what we start connecting over. And that's where I feel like the real authentic connections come from is when I'm just honest about who I am. And I appreciate that because I've been judged my whole life. And I'm the one person that judged anyone harder than anyone was me. Mm-hmm. So when someone accepts me for that and has a conversation, here's me, I want to get to know that person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like I went about things kind of in the opposite way in terms of like sharing so much about myself at the beginning with a person. And that was more or less because I felt like it was really easy to say out of the gate, like I'm sober and I don't date somebody who is not sober. And here are all of these things about me and everything that I've done. If, if I were to do that, I, I felt like I had had so many, many issues with really dishonest partners in the past, people that would basically be willing to say anything to date. So it was easier for me at, at the beginning anyways, like to just kind of like try to try to let the relationship blossom and unfold enough to be able to start to see someone's character. It's kind of tough to explain. Like my dad always said that time reveals a person's character. And so if I, if I put all that stuff out on the table, like right out of the gate, I'm like sharing information, first of all, with a person that might not be worthy of that vulnerability yet, you know, it, it gives them a chance to kind of maybe try to twist themselves into a pretzel to try to, fit my mold or whatever it is that I'm saying. So it's like, I, I, I'm trying to like give more space for things to breathe. Like I'm, I'm currently dating somebody right now. And we've both said that we're, it's like, we're not going to regret moving slowly, but we will regret moving fast. So we've been trying to like take things really slow and even me sharing things with him. I just kind of like went slowly as I was like opening up. I didn't even really tell him that I was completely sober until the second date. Yeah, I uh, same. I I practice patience now. When I'm dating, I don't rush to things like I used to when I was using. You know, I'd be in relationship within like a week if a girl smiled at me. So now I take my time with it, and like I let I let whoever I'm dating know right away I'm sober. That's just for me. It's just easier for me. But I don't have to like I like how you said this. I don't have to peel the onion back right away. I like building it up now because not everyone deserves you like and then that's the thing i've learned in sobriety is that just because you know we're working on ourselves and all that we don't have to just give ourselves up to the first person that talks to us and that's a hard thing because i you know rough life with parents all that seeking validation like derek said that's my story it's probably a lot of our stories and in dating we seek validation and I mean, I live in LA, freaking validation capital of the goddamn country. <laughs> so I, and some of the some of the people I've dated and all that, like, it's just like, wow, I'm so lucky I'm sober and I can see it through like the sober rose colored glasses instead of the old way. And it's beautiful to me now. And, you know, my sponsor, he's a, he's a beautiful man. He's taught me a lot. He's got 30 years sober and he's in a sober relationship. And 
he said, hey, look, if you want to date someone sober, great. If you want to date someone that drinks, great. But just be careful of how you used to date before you got sober, because those tendencies will come out if you're not working on yourself. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until last year when I went out and that's what was happening. So this year I practiced patience. I practiced contrary action with dating as well. So when I think I should tell her something, I decide not to. And I'll I'll see if it comes out where if I think I shouldn't, then I say it and see what happens. It's weird, but it's been good for me to stay honest with myself. And uh, I mean, there's nights where you're lonely and you're thinking about it, but then I go on those dating apps and I feel for you, Liz. I laugh because like people are insane. Like if I see one more picture of a girl on a boat holding like a mimosa (laughs) and it's like I'm I'm working tech. It's like, no, you don't. Like, no, you don't like you work at a golf course, like stop it, like whatever. It's just like, I don't, we see through the BS in our meetings and that's, what's great about being sober, but it's a, it is sort of like a catch 22 superpower. Like we can see the honesty that we want, but then we see through it and we're like, ah, this is a waste of my time, but that's, what's great. We, we may be, you know, sober babies. I think Derek's has the most time with three years, but like we're growing in our, in our early years of sobriety and you learn a lot mm. and I take solace in my alone time. I don't even call it alone time. I just take solace in my time. I used to always think I needed to fill with people. You know, I'm the kind of drunk that I need to go to a bar and just meet whoever's drinking at the bar that whoever's there and become friends with them right away. So I wasn't alone. Now, you know, my best friends, my dog, my best friends are my people I work with at my restaurant. Like that's it. Like, and that's all I need, you know, and then from there, if I want to let uh, a partner in, that's that's my decision now because my sobriety is first with it. So it's, you know, I say it and like, of course, practice what you preach. We all make mistakes. <laughs> we all get tempted. You know, <laughs> it's just it, it is what it is. But I think I also just sorry to rant, but I want to I, I forgive myself more now for mm-hmm. making those rough decisions. Like, yeah. you know, recently I was talking to a woman and I met her cause she came to my restaurant. She liked my cooking and it was all because she met me and all of that. And then, but it turned out it was completely not what I thought it was. And I was being taken advantage of. And I had to be honest with myself and call my sponsor, you know, vulnerable and crying. And like, why do I feel this way? Why do I want to drink what's going on? And he's like, I'm glad you called me instead of going to the liquor store and putting your sorrows in the bottle. And like, I would have never been that, like, I don't know, honest with myself years ago. I would have just drank and probably dated her for three years and hated myself and all of that. And now it's just, you just, you move on. And, you know, sobriety gives you that power to move on to the next person in dating. And dating's fun, too. You don't have to just date one person. You can meet and talk and all that. But, yeah, dating apps suck. That was, it. That was my whole point. Yeah. Dating apps suck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think I'm the only one who likes the dating apps. I think, I don't know. It works for me. I mean, it's, it's a good filter, you know, it's like swipe, swipe, swipe. And I've been doing the dating apps now for, I don't know. I mean, there was a brief, okay. So this is a, a lesson in, in drunkenness, you know, the, the being on the dating apps when I was drinking and drinking heavily and making stupid decisions and buying into the the myth of the guy with the fish that you know you talk about women on a boat for for a lot of women it's always the guy holding up the fish or the you know the hunting rifle or whatever and you know just falling head over heels for this 
the wrong person, but being so drunk and wanting that validation and being in the midst of my, my addiction, you know, I ended up actually marrying him in a Las Vegas wedding with Elvis and oh my God, anyway, (laughs) being sober and then going back to the same app and then just having that, first of all, I have the clarity, I've done the recovery. I mean, I'm still doing the work, but being able to filter and, you know, I won't swipe on somebody who's a drinker. I won't swipe on the guy with the fish. I'm not, I'm a little more selective and I have more clarity. And then, yeah, like you said, Chris, like you meet people and you get to know them and Hey, this isn't going to work out. And, you know, and it's awkward, but I don't know for me, the apps that the, the, the men, they're not all quality men. I'm not going to sit there and sell Tinder as some sort of, you know, bastion of, (laughs) of, of dating. It's a quick and convenient way for, you know, working professionals or people on the go. I I don't have that organic experience of being able to go to a laundromat to meet someone. So it is a vet. It has its own vetting. (laughs) It has its own vetting mechanism built in. So I don't know. I had, I've had good luck this time because I met somebody really, I mean, we're taking it slow, just like you're doing, Melissa. It's four months but yeah, it's, uh, I'm more clear, I'm more calm, I'm less seeking validation and more about the quality of the relationship and where it's going to lead and embracing the awkwardness because yeah, when you're sober and you're kissing, it's not the same as if you can be, you know, let yourself go and get drunk and just do what, you know, woo, you know, party. It's just, it's a lot, it's a lot different when, you know, it's like, woo. I, I think that's the best part really is now that I'm sober, I get to feel those things. Yeah. I get to feel what real intimacy is. I get to remember a kiss. Yes. I get to remember what it's like to get touched or rubbed on my back. Like, I don't even know, like when you drink, I had no clue if I made it home with them or not. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it was never like that. But now, like even in dating now, like I encourage my clients, I, I, it's like, just try. I mean, it's just like if you're working a program or 12 steps, if you try, it's going to help you change your life. So why should you stop yourself from just trying? Like you're going to fail. It's going to suck sometimes, but that's how you grow. And it's really cool to go out and remember what someone said about their life. And they're like, hey, you remember I was talking about this? I go, yeah, that's what happened to your uncle, right? And she's like, oh, my God, like that means a lot to me because that's the part of the intimacy that's cool. I mean, dating and stuff's whatnot, but like to be able to have a conversation, to care about someone, to see that, like, you know, this is, this is cool. And that's probably the best part is getting to feel my emotions, even when it sucks. Like, even when you get ghosted, that's like the worst feeling ever. Like, you're like, ah, it's going well. Next thing you know, like nothing. And like my old self, it's like, I got to go buy our house. I'm going to go buy our gym extra 500 times. And like, I can call someone like, Hey, this really stung sucks and i get to feel that i get to remember those experiences and it goes into what what i want and i'll always go back like if you don't feel like you're ready for dating like make sure that you're doing that internal work that self-worth worth like doing those affirmations every morning making sure that i'm i know what i'm loved for so then i know what's going to come external for me like what i'm what i'm worth and what i want to give my time to but I, I mean, I say have fun with it, like my recovery. And I guess I'm so open with mine. If you see my Instagram, whatever, like I, I am not shy about my recovery. I'm not shy about putting that stuff out there and sharing it, bringing hope. It's just a part of who I am. And, you know, I want someone to be a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. Recovery is work and it's hard to get here. 
but none of this should be boring. It actually is a lot more fun. And it's if you want to identify with it, like, oh, I'm sober now, like none of this is going to be fun, then yeah, it's going to be that way. But everything I've done sober, even dating, has been exciting. And it's just because I get to feel that. I'm not drowning out my fears, my anxiety, and my emotions with alcohol. So I can just be something that I'm not. It was never fun. Mm -hmm. And now this is pretty exciting to get to experience the ups and downs of actually dating. Just remind like I'm just getting like a heat wave. Remembering the last time I just kissed a girl. I'm like, that's exciting to know that came from me and I didn't have to have alcohol or drugs in my system. Like this girl likes me for me. Get out of here. Like that's high five for Derek. Like pat on the back. That's a good feeling, you know? So it's like, I say experience those things and you know, life's too short, even at 39, like I'm, I'm just beginning life and it's cool to do these things. So I was like, go do them. You know, we're not just because we're in recovery doesn't mean we have to stay to a ball and chain. Go date. Go have fun. Yeah. It it makes me think of that Brene Brown quote where she talks about not being able to like to selectively numb an emotion and how I mean, I was thinking about this with my current partner. I for the I want to say it's for the first time in my whole adult life. I got to experience like the giddiness of being a grown up but still kind of feeling like a teenager when a person went to kiss me for the first time and we were like clanking teeth and it was awkward laughing, you know, and, and, Oh, it was, Oh, it was awesome. It was so awkward and awesome. And, you know, and just being like, Oh my God, he's going to kiss me. And I don't, Oh, it's coming in. Oh my God. We just clanked teeth. Whoa, this is happening. But it's like, it felt awkward, but also so exciting. And I never got that when I was drinking because I was just full on squid face, you know, like straight to the other person. And that's a really cool thing. So thank you for saying that, Derek, because I was like, yeah, that's that was like a huge part of at least this this portion of the relationship. And then several others where I just got like rejected pretty hard, like coming straight out and saying something to somebody about having feelings for them and then being like, actually, I'm not really into this right now. And I was like, Ooh, yeah, that's painful. And I'm going to do that sober. Mm, yeah. <laughs> try, that's honest. And, you know, and then you get to build up your self-confidence because either way you still, you still stated your truth to another person. And even though they quote unquote rejected you, you were, you were honest and that's, and brave. That's really brave to tell mm-hmm. somebody you like them. And you said Brene Brown, right? Mm-hmm. She's so awesome. Like she's taught me so much about what it means to be vulnerable and how that's a strength, especially for men, because we want to stuff all this. And I'm finding like my emotions are one of my greatest strengths. And like even in I feel statements and stuff like talking, having conversations, like it's a, such a beautiful thing to feel that stuff, to be vulnerable and like authentic about who I am. And that's not a weakness. And like you said, like being vulnerable and sharing something and getting rejected that's not a gear on who you are or what your worth is. That person just wasn't ready for what you had to offer or they didn't want it. And that's okay. That's not for you. Don't mm-hmm. stop being vulnerable. Like that's how we find true connection is being able to share, you know, those deepest parts of ourselves and be vulnerable. Like it's such a strength. It's such a powerful thing to be vulnerable. I love her. She's awesome. Or you haven't found the right dating app. You know, there's, there's huh, not allowed on it. You've forgotten about that. <laughs> There's a sea captain's website, there's furries, there's all sorts of dating apps, you know, for for all things. Tell me about these special Canadian ones. I got to try these out, like maple syrupers and uh, 
What? Lumberjacks. Hockey hotties. Hockey hotties. I just got mimosa boat girls down here. I need I need some, sure. some switch it up. And they're so nice when they reject you. It's like, I just a boot. I can't do it. You know, it's a boot time I give up on you. you know? So sorry. So sorry. Yeah. You're really nice, eh? It's just a, it's not, it's a boot time I give up, you know? It's a boot time. No Canadian. <laughs> but seriously, though, if you're ever bored, just Google farmers only dating profile. Yeah. And just like spend your evening inside sober, drinking a tea or a LaCroix, perhaps, and just read these these dating profiles on FarmersOnly.com. And for anyone listening to this that's on that website, I'm not sorry. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not sorry. They made their choice. They made their choice, Melissa. They know. But I, I really liked what Derek said about feeling your feelings, uh, you know, because just like you and Melissa, you, you alluded to that too. Just the, those, that kiss, that first kiss, the excitement, and you get to experience it sober. It is, it is really special more so than, you know, when you are drinking and Derek, I wish I knew what the heck did you do? My friend get booted off these apps. <laughs> I, you're at, you're asking me, I was drunk a lot of the times and I, I was not good with women. I cheated on a lot of women. Trust me. So I'm sure they see me on there now and still think I'm the same person. So I'm always getting flagged. I'm like, well, maybe that's just God telling me I should never be on a dating app. So we'll just meet them that way. But yeah, who knows? And it could be like back in the day, I put up pictures that I shouldn't. I don't know. But oh, my best friend totally got booted for like he posted a photo of himself shirtless. I think it was on farmersonly.com and his profile outrageous it was like i'm a hair farmer or something he said he was a hair farmer (laughs) (laughs) apparently you're not supposed to go shirtless on farmersonly.com or tinder all right you guys (laughs) (laughs) this was amazing to just be a fly on the wall it was really fun i i like i was laughing a lot and i'm glad i was muted I love that they were making fun of Canadians while you were muted. That was wonderful. I was also- laughing out loud. <laughs> some of your Canadian there, impressions are horrible. I mean, there's some real yeah. hockey hotties out there, you know. So it's that, it, I get it. <laughs> oh man, all of these websites. Look at all of the recommendations you guys are giving for our listeners. Right. Woo! Oh man. All right. So you guys talked about superficial conversations, practicing patience. I liked that one, Chris. There's more than one way to date and share yourself. I think lots of options and different ways to, you know, be straight out, open out of the gate or take your time, peel that onion back nice and slow. Chris, you talked about, you know, doing the opposite of what you were thinking just to, you know, it's you're learning about yourself. It sounds like it's, I mean, part of that is your own adventure inside of the dating world. It sounds like. You have a lot more clarity on yourself, your needs, and what you're seeing on the other side. Embracing the awkward and remembering the experience and enjoying that awkwardness of intimacy sober. And I think that is probably one of those coolest parts because I could hear and see it in your guys' faces when you started talking about that. 
on how wonderful it was just to feel that when you were sober. So, Melissa, Karina, Derek, Chris, and Liz, thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you guys for being on this podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys were great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you very much. I'm going to farmersonly.com. I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> oh, I just started. I just started my free trial. <laughs> I just. <laughs> yeah, I, I got an ant farm, so I, I can fit right in. We're good. I've got an ant farm. One guy had a hair farm, so it, I mean, you can. If you have a if you have a dryer, you have a lint farm. Right. This is true. See, look at you go. <laughs> oh, I had no idea what was out there. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. We also want to thank our listeners for sharing space with us today. Join us next week when the topic of love turns out to be much bigger and much more powerful than I ever would have expected. We publish episodes every Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any.